establishing the intention of kind awareness in this body with all of the sensations sometimes scanning our attention through the body becoming more receptive, more awake to what's happening here and now, all of the sensations and the accompanying feeling tones. When we scan our attention through the body, there's so much neutrality, so much sensation that's not pleasant nor unpleasant. With kind awareness, we bring the possibility of responding in the kind way, the kindest relationship that we can have to anything unpleasant is to care about it, to have compassion and mercy for our own pain. the kindest relationship we can have to pleasure is to be enjoying it and appreciating it without clinging, non-attached appreciation. We apply this perspective, this practice, this intention to all of the sense doors, each sight received in kind awareness, mental images, each sound received. kind awareness, each smell, each taste, and all of the activity of the heart and mind. Just thoughts, feelings, arising and passing and to whatever extent you can, allowing yourself to have a sense of spaciousness around your emotions and your the mental activity. Allow your awareness to be broad and open like a pasture, like a field, like a, perhaps even like the sky itself. plans and memories, hopes and fears, passing through awareness like clouds, like weather patterns. But that the nature of awareness itself is kind, is caring, is patient with the unwanted sensations, the unpleasant memories, the anxiety-producing worries.
open awareness, present time, accepting right now. It's like this. And this, whatever it is, is calling for kindness, for compassion, for non-attached appreciation. <coughs> Saying to ourselves, I forgive you as much as I can in this moment. I care for you as much as I can in this moment. I appreciate you. To this mind, body, heart, consciousness process that we call me. This process that's living through us that we're experiencing with the intention of being more and more awake, more and more kind, more and more free for the benefit of all sentient beings. May we see clearly in this moment. May we respond wisely in this moment. Keep it as simple as it's useful. Reminding yourself here, I'm here, sitting, breathing, feeling. I'm not in that imagined future. I'm here.
we each find the internal balance of the effort to connect and sustain the effort that it takes to choose the wise response rather than the habit reaction. And we all fail to do it perfectly. We all have those moments of mindlessness and identification with the fear, the anger. Some of the balancing to the effort is the radical acceptance. Right now it's like this, my mind imperfect, my ability to be kind, imperfect. One of the reasons why we define mindfulness as non-judgmental awareness, not judging the experience, accepting it as it is while inclining the heart, <coughs> training the mind. To see more clearly, to respond more wisely. May I learn to be kind and wise. May I learn to love myself, to forgive myself. for the benefit of all beings everywhere. This work we're doing, internal.
we, um, we come here, we do these retreats and we uh, practice this path, not for the uh, rarefied experience that we can have on retreat, where nobody's messing with us except for ourselves. And uh, we can get concentrated, and maybe you've had some really interesting meditative phenomena uh, throughout the retreat. And, um, and it's quite interesting. It can be really interesting what happens and around the sense of self and sometimes the dissolving of the sense of self and the seeing clearly and the unpacking and the the level of clarity that we're able to sometimes get on retreat. Uh, and it's so useful, and we do, we integrate it into our lives. But the, um, it's all preparation for the main event, which is uh, your day-to-day life, whatever that looks like, your day-to-day uh, work, family, relationship, uh, community, environment. And of course we get some of that practicing together with so many people, even in the noble silence, you're still in community and you still have to navigate the uh, you know, shoes area and the <laughs> food lines and the bathroom lines and right so we're still kind of we're in it we're relating to each other uh, but so much of the path is relational and uh, and hopefully you take the insights that you develop on retreat and, and integrate them into your activities and your relationships. And, you know, it's a little bit of a strange setup to learn how to be in relationships by not making eye contact with people for a week. <laughs> and really, you know, learning how to be in relationship with ourself and knowing ourself and our own mind better and more clearly and with more kindness. And it does, it translates, but that uh, transitions can be challenging. And I say all of this because, as I'm sure you're all aware, we're in the last, last day. And um, so my, my own sense, and different teachers have different feelings about this, but my own sense is uh, on the last day, stop, um, stop pushing really hard to be concentrated and uh, start normalizing a little bit. Uh, start, um, my encouragement is rather than doing super slow walking on the last day, to start really trying to bring mindfulness into more of a, uh, uh, an ordinary pace. Uh, you know, a little bit more of an ordinary, can I be mindful not just when I'm doing the meditative zombie walk, but also at a little bit of a normal pace. What, it's like, what is it like to be uh, attentive to how I would walk down the street in my neighborhood, rather than, because we're not going to do that sort of slow walking down the street in our neighborhood, probably. <laughs> Maybe once in a while you will, but you'll get some attitude, <laughs> depending on your neighborhood. But. And, and, that, and, and to actually see, actually, I can, I can be present. I can have mind, present time, mindfulness, at an ordinary pace, or even going quickly and... Um, So my encouragement to you today is to start uh, normalizing a little bit. And I would even um, modify the noble silence to um, holding really quite strong to not uh, verbally communicating um, and not writing notes or anything like that, but to bring your gaze up a little bit and, and kind of Start letting go of the avoidance of eye contact 
And just like, just kind of, you know, we're going to get into this retreat. I'm only looking at your socks. And just to kind of bring your gaze up while you're around without, because you can have a whole conversation with your eyes. You can be like, (laughs) you know, you can get weird. And so I'm not encouraging that, you know, not the like wink, wink. uh, But just a more more of a kind of like, yeah, I see your face and you see my face. And if we make eye contact, that's okay. But we're not going to go like stare in each other's eyes in the food line. But, you know, like (laughs) there's this part of the body. And so uh, just allowing you to and encouraging you to bring... Bring your gaze up and to modify the noble silence too. We're not talking, we're, but uh, you can see each other. And, and if that brings a smile to your face, that's fine. And, uh, but without having to go and, and watch, like use this as a practice because some of you have been starving for attention. And this is like, finally, people are going to, and you're going to love it. And others, you know, the, the more introverts are like, oh shit. I don't want anybody to look at my face. Do not, do not make eye contact with me. And again, feeling tone. Is it pleasant to have that permission even? Is it not, you know, nerve, nervous, nerve-wracking to have that permission? So you could just actually take a moment to look around the room you dare. (laughs) Allow yourself to see and be seen and people you've been sitting with, sitting next to. Yeah. And feel in what's the what's the tone in your body? Can you meet this shift with kind awareness? And can you accept the levels in which, actually, I I can't. I'm totally aversive. (laughs) I don't feel, I'm not happy about this. And Fuck Noah, this is bullshit, I'm leaving. (laughs) Or, or, you know, or whatever your response is. And again, uh, stay in retreat. You're here. This is, I, I, I want to convince you somehow that actually this is the most important part of the practice. I know a lot of us think that actually, no, it's the getting concentrated and having the insights and the constant, you know, that's the most important part. But we do that so that we can integrate it into our real lives. And this is part of the integration, this last full day Uh, I consider an integration day. And Vinny and Joanna will uh, talk about uh, that a lot more later. But just for the morning time, I I encourage that. And one of the things um, that we've done, because the schedule, you'll, you'll see that the schedule has posted and it shifts a little bit and there's closing announcements and uh, liter- you know, bookstore, my books will be out and other books will be out later. And uh, so there's that shift this afternoon. Uh, and since there won't be yoga in the afternoon, uh, Christine will offer uh, asana instruction this morning um, at the 11.15 uh, so, and I, I encourage you, and I know not everybody can fit in the upstairs room, but I encourage you, especially if you've been going really slow and maybe if you've been skipping yoga, to think about trying, you know, to do it and get your body moving and uh, bring present time kind awareness into that activity. So that'll be offered this morning, probably 11.15 to 12, 12.15, something like that. And not a bad day to uh, go for a hike, especially if you've been a really good, 
yogi following the schedule, sitting, walking, sitting, walking, haven't explored beyond. I don't know if there's actually any good yogis here, but <laughs> you might, there might be one or two who've been really like attached to the schedule. Uh, good idea to go for a hike. Go, go up in the hills and maybe go up where there's some, vis, you know, where you get some view of the valley and there's a bunch of wonderful hikes and uh, start letting go of the concentration, normalizing the mindfulness in an ordinary activity, present time awareness. Anything other than that for the... Uh, there might be two different schedules out. There's a yellow schedule that should be uh, the correct one for today's shift this afternoon. It's the same this morning, you'll see, but this afternoon it shifts. Vinny's saying, um, you know, often at this point, the mind really wants to plan, wants to lean out into tonight, tomorrow, going home. Uh, The mind wants to do that the whole time anyways, doesn't it? (laughs) Sort of just a a planning mind, but it can really get some fuel on the last full day of retreat. And so there'll be some effort to stay and to, you know, as maybe uh, as many times as you need to say to yourself today, here. It's kind of calling the puppy dog back here. (laughs) I'm still here. Yes, planning, 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 here, I'm here. This is my practice today, to be here. And um, because there is a momentum where the mind start, can start really getting to future fantasy, ideas, hopes, fears. Um, and uh, I'll be leaving the retreat early, I have tomorrow. Um, a commitment in Washington, D.C. It's a Trump rally. (laughs) How's how's the feeling tone? (laughs) Okay, it's a yoga festival, but... It is in Washington, D.C., and um, I committed to it a long time ago, and so I have to leave today in order to make it to D.C. to teach in the morning. And uh, So I'm sorry that I won't be here for the closing and get to, to connect um, with everybody. In, uh, in the morning, you know, with the time difference, I think I'll probably go on at like uh, noon or something and I'll be leading a guided meditation for probably between you know somewhere between two and five thousand people in DC and um, you know be kind of doing some mindfulness but also some probably forgiveness for the uh, compassion and forgiveness and loving kindness that we and, and it's interesting to spread it in different environments and I feel like it's different for me from being here uh, when I'm bringing politics to mind in my meditation and sending compassion forgiveness uh, than actually being you know in DC and sending both the compassion forgiveness and appreciation and sitting with it so anyways while you're closing uh, the retreat in the morning I'll be over there with some other yogis practicing So I think that's it for announcements, and we have time for questions about anything, questions about any of the teachings that you've received so far on the retreat or meditation instructions. Um, I would encourage you, don't, don't ask right now much about uh, what to do when you go home, because that will really be thoroughly addressed tonight by, by Vinny and Joanna. So, um, but, you know, he put stuff about the teachings and about the practice. You have time for some Q&A now. Please. Something that came up for me during your talk yesterday, um, 
that when it comes to social justice especially, I do have a very strong sense that things should be different. And so I get really attached to that. Um, and I have a lot of compassion, but I don't have a sense of wisdom or equanimity to balance it. Um, and so I'm wondering if you have advice for working in that context with trying to develop equanimity. Mm -hmm. Could you, oh yeah, okay, so they were saying um, that part of what came up in the talk last night was that, that self-awareness of having uh, a sense that there needs to be a change and that there's something kind of wrong in this world and having a lot of compassion and passion about that but not having uh, the equanimity to balance it or the wisdom and equanimity to balance it and uh, do what I have some suggestions or about practices of how to how to develop more equanimity and wisdom is that correct close enough Mostly, I feel like you're doing the right things right now. You're doing it. You're all doing it. You're developing the balance of compassion and equanimity through this practice. This practice will lead to that, that wisdom. You'll see more and more clearly. More and more clearly we'll see our... Uh, influence and our limitations uh, and we'll develop more equanimity and m more compassion actually and a more genuine compassion a compassion that does not that cares fully without needing it to be different and that still wants it to be different and there's that difference between craving and wanting craving says it has to be different in order for me to be at ease I have to satisfy this. Wanting says, I, I totally want the world to be different. Committed to the world to being different, more wise, more, uh, more lots of things, <laughs> less lots of things. And, um, and I feel like that's part of the equanimity. It's not that the desire for uh, a positive change goes away. It just, it becomes uh, more balanced. And that's, that is equanimity. The equanimity practice itself, which I don't think we gave any equanimity instructions yet, and I don't, um, I'm not sure why we didn't do that, but we usually we do in, as, in part of the, uh, you know, the, the, one of the, and it, I think that has helped me a lot. And do you know the equanimity meditation instructions? You know, as a balancing to loving kindness and the, all of this wishing that we're doing, May all beings be at ease. May, may uh, all beings be free from suffering. And we're doing all of this wishing. And then in the equanimity teaching, the Buddha says, uh, kind of the way I hear it is, remember, your wishes are not going to create the change in others. Everyone has their own responsibility for how they're responding to their pain, to their, their, own, their own karma that we cannot uh, free anyone else from hatred. We can educate, we can support, we can uh, encourage, we can hopefully inspire, all of that stuff, but you cannot go into anybody else and change their reaction. And that helps, right? That's the equanimity of like, I'm totally committed to compassion, I'm totally committed to kindness and to forgiveness, and I understand my limitations. It's not going to make me stop trying, but I understand my limitations. And I don't suffer. I'm not in the craving. I'm just in the wanting. There's a lot of uh, healthy desire. There's a lot of healthy altruistic desire to be cultivated. Desire for change is positive change and for equality and for compassion and uh, for safety, you know, these are these are good things to want and to work for. And you, so you answer the question yourself mostly, and and I'll come back to my original: is that you're doing you're doing it, 
this mindfulness and equanimity practice is going to bring you that wisdom and equanimity to balance the passion for justice. What else, please? I can find a way to be in the world and see past people's behavior to have kindness and care for them. What do I do with the continued behavior and addressing that? Because that's where I get stuck. Right. Um, so they're asking, they say, you know, can get some uh, compassion for people's confusion that leads to unskillful behavior, um, but, and some forgiveness, but what do I do when the behavior continues? Uh, if it's current <laughs> behavior and it's not some past thing I'm forgiving, but this is like an ongoing behavior. Uh, when I learned forgiveness, I thought that, I think I, I thought on some level that forgiveness meant uh, reconciliation. That if I forgive you, then we have to, I have to spend time with you. <laughs> <laughs> that, I think that in, in some way my, uh, my resentments were kind of protect, you know, keeping everyone at a distance. And that if I forgive you, then I'm going to have to. Uh, and sometimes that's true. Sometimes there are those reconciliations that happen in the compassion and forgiveness. And sometimes having a really strong boundary is the appropriate thing to say. And this is uh, unacceptable behavior. And, uh, and I'm not going to put myself in harm's way. And sometimes we can do that and sometimes we can't. Because, you know, depending on what arena we're talking about, sometimes we actually don't have the ability to... Uh, have those kind of boundaries with the world. You know, you can't just say, I'm not going to be in relationship with you anymore. Sexist world. <laughs> Racist, you know, like, so you, like there's some things that we're just uh, in. And that it's just that continued compassion, continued boundaries as much as we can and, you know, communication and confronting and as much as we can. And, um, and I think, again, it's the equanimity and the acceptance of there's... Do you know the serenity prayer? The courage to change the things that I can and uh, the acceptance... Uh, how's it go? The, the, I know, but there's the first line. The, the last line is the wisdom to know. What, you know, what do we accept? What can we change? And the wisdom to know. Uh, so I need to accept the things I cannot. Yeah, some shit. <laughs> <laughs> you need to apologize right now. <laughs> forgive him. Please forgive him. <laughs> Sometimes your friends can do it for you. <laughs> Serenity to know the difference. <laughs> So I don't know if that's helpful or not, because, I mean, this is a, a, an, a, an important question that um, I don't feel like I'm answering really well. Part of it's boundaries, but part of it is not knowing and kind of just showing up and saying, what is the intuitive, how do I navigate this? How do I navigate this? Feels like you're on the right track, though, with the seeing the suffering underneath the unskillful actions. You want to say something to that, Joe? Yeah. Okay. Please. Mm-hmm. Right. 
well, with all uh, resentments or uh, or uh, regret, whether it's guilt or shame or regret about our actions or uh, or resentments, it's all memory. Every resentment is based on a memory. And so whether you're remembering uh, a pain that was caused by somebody who's still alive or a pain that was caused by somebody who's no longer alive, it's, it's really we're the ones holding it. It's your mind. And they don't have to be... A, and yes, when people are dead, there's no hope for reconciliation in a physical kind of I forgive you, please forgive me kind of way. You don't, you don't get to do that. You have to completely, we have to completely do it in our own internal system. And um, I've had a lot of experience with that of offering forgiveness uh, and or asking forgiveness from people who aren't alive. And um, because it's all in our mind, it works. Because we're training our mind, you know, resentment is held in the mind, and, and forgiveness is also a function of, uh, we could say the heart, but the, the mind, the heart mind. So it's the same practice. And you don't need uh, somebody in one of my groups said, I so, uh, she was noticing in her practice, she said, I so regret some of the things of the way that I parented, and and I so want my children to forgive me. And, and they, they have told me that they forgive me, um, but it doesn't work. It's not enough. You know that one, right? Like somebody can say, I for but until we forgive ourselves. And there can be that fantasy, like if you would just forgive me, then I'd be okay. Or, but actually somebody else saying, I forgive you, sometimes it's nice. And you know, if you've forgiven yourself, it can, that sort of communication can be helpful, but it doesn't do the trick if we haven't forgiven ourselves or, or, you know, or forgiven the other. And it's really, I feel this is really internal heart-mind training, our responsibility. I think about this too when I'm when I'm practicing with forgiveness is the why I want that forgiveness so bad from somebody and it's usually cuz I don't like holding the pain right I want it to go away so I can feel better so I can move forward in my life and so watching the intention behind why we want the forgiveness is sometimes just to not have to feel discomfort and that's what sometimes we need to just learn to live with and, and, and let it evolve over time versus, I know like sometimes we want this forgiveness practice to be a magical practice. And if I say it for a week, maybe I don't have to live with this burden anymore. <laughs> and I think so much of what this practice is pointing to is it is an evolution. It's over time. It's a purification that isn't immediate, and we're so used to this like fast food version of, you know, popping a pill or do, doing something to help us want to feel better quick. And part of what compassion means is holding pain with love, right? So that pain might not go away that fast, and it might not be up to somebody else to help us make that pain go away like Noah was just pointing to. So interesting watching sort of the why you want it so bad and so now and so, you know, that's how I have to hold it and let myself, um, let myself sit with that sometimes. Versus help me get out of here. <laughs> Anything else? Oh, please. I have a question about the fourth foundation that we were working on yesterday and the following the stream of experience. <clears throat> the knowingness and the observing of it really removes 
substitute from it. And I have, I don't know how, <clears throat> I don't know if it's Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.